Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Hello, welcome to Tattoos and Torah. I'm Rabbi Iggy. Thank you for joining us. With everything going on right now in the world between Russia and the Ukraine, it has me thinking a lot about labels and identity. A lot of people identify themselves by their label, or people want to identify them by labels, by boxes, definitions. What purpose do these labels serve, and how can we move beyond them to a place of greater unity? What is the purpose of the label? What is the value of this label? Is it a sense of safety or security in being able to feel known to yourself and others? Perhaps even through astrology, for example, my birthday falls in this sign, so because I have this astrological sign, I am able to know all these things about myself. I can also communicate those things to others, to people through this identity as a Capricorn or a Leo or whatever it is, whatever your sign may be. What happens when you take away those labels? And how can we still find a sense of security in who we are without the protection of grouping ourselves with others, some who make sense more than others? What would that look like? You see, do labels give us a sense of belonging, a sense of self-awareness? If I have some attribute about myself, or if I belong to a certain group, that means I have other associated attributes and I can relate to other people with that identity. I can feel a sense of part of something. You can also label yourself by the work you do, your profession, or how you contribute to society. And of course, there are other ways we have to think about our identity in our community, in recovery and in life of pursuit of meaning that has to go beyond these kind of sorts of labels and definitions. Often labels and identities are defined by what we make them, different from the norm or perhaps even different than dominant culture. The LGBTQI plus community is a distinct and labeled community because it is not part of the larger cis-normative society or culture that it is part of as well. A different example, someone from Belgium living in America is a Belgian person, but in Belgium, of course, they're just a person. Labels in this way can distance people from one another. They can make a person a Belgian person. Although nobody can really be a Belgian person. It's very special. <laughs> How can we move past labels as ways to separate ourselves from one another? and move towards identity based in unity. In other terms, how we can shift our perspective in a way thinking about it from a different perspective and moving from a role to role perspective to a soul to soul perspective, something I learned from Harriet Rosetto. How do we make sure that we connect beyond the boxes that we identify with or that other people identify with us. Those are the ideas that sort of I'm thinking about. And it's important to acknowledge what the label is if we want to move beyond it. 
for me, when I'm faced with human suffering and human strife, I have a tendency to go back to the things that unite us. Growing up in the 80s in the Cold War, there was this Sting song, and one of the lines in that song stuck with me. I hope the Russian mothers love their children too. This reminder that while we can identify as different people, cultures, languages that are important for our identity, we still have to remember that despite these differences, that we are all very similar, part of the human condition. But we have to make the effort to remember that we all share this human condition. We have to bring awareness to that. You see, of course, we all love, suffer. <clears throat> you see, of course, we all love, suffer, deal with heartbreak, loss, joy, want to succeed, want approval, want to be heard and seen. We don't want our rights trampled over. We all have those elements. We are constantly faced with human suffering. It's hard, but we can honor it by stopping and seeing it also as an opportunity for us to learn something from it, to grow. It's a way for us to say, I can donate, for example, to the Ukrainian cause, which people should. But I can also change how I see my own life as a way to honor what's going on. Faced with what's happening in the world right now, not just in Russia, of course, in Ukraine, but all over the world, ask yourself, what can I do? My personal way of trying to deal with this crisis is having more focus around things that unite us, things that we have in common, things that we can relate to as human beings like the human condition. Not as this is mine and this is yours, as lines separating what I own or what I think is mine or what I think I'm owed, but things that are ours or things that we can relate to as human beings. What are the actions we can take to connect with people in the Ukraine and support them or other people around us? And there are a few different layers to this. Of course, donating money or items, volunteering, or your physical space. But you can also ask yourself more broadly, how do I support more human connection and more human unity? How can I take this to become better, to connect more, to support more? I can't go to the Ukraine and fight, but I'm able to reach out to people in my own life, refugees in the States, or even refugees in my own family. Some of us are refugees of our own families. For the longest time, I was a refugee of my own family as I had to flee my own family. If you try to find connections between yourself and people who you see as having nothing in common, you can create this sense of unity once you realize that maybe you aren't so different after all. Going back to what I said earlier about labels as a way to categorize people who are different from the status quo, perhaps the labels you give other people and judgments you have about them show the way or show our ways that you draw attention to your differences rather than our similarities. How can we start this process of moving beyond these labels to create more unity? Well, first think about your needs. This is really important part of recovery and of any person who's trying to find a life of meaning. And 
a way to start taking inventory about yourself. Identifying needs in your life rather than wants and being able to distinguish needs from wants. Those need help you identify who you are. What are your values as a person? Where do you feel the most you? Where do you feel the most accepted? The version of yourself that you want to be? How do you find inspiration? What are the things that give you joy? And ultimately, what do you need in order to be you? Again, it's not to be confused with want. I may want a PhD in history, but do I need one? That's for each individual to answer for themselves. A clear example might be, I need to be able to feed my family versus I need to take a vacation. You don't need to take a vacation, but you do need to feed your family. How can you tell a want from a need? Well, one way to conceptualize this is to think of the difference between wants and needs in a way we think about consequences. What are the consequences of not fulfilling a need? Maybe your safety will be compromised or your emotional state will be severely impacted to the point you can't function. But also perhaps you will live a life that isn't fulfilling. You won't be able to live a life of meaning if your needs aren't getting met. When you hear yourself saying, I needed that or I need that, ask why. And keep asking until you get to the bottom of it. That will help you understand what your needs are and if they are needs or wants. It's not always easy, though. You may confuse those two and only be getting what you want. So you may be getting that Maserati or vacation or other things that you want or think perhaps you need. But what you really want is to be loved or to be seen or to not be lonely or to have value, to feel that you matter. But you don't invest in meeting those needs because you work every day at the office until 9, trading stock maybe, or having a nice apartment on the Upper East Side because that's what you think you need. That's what you think you're going to make you happy or give you value. You may think you have everything you need, but really you have everything you want. And you've invested in that, but that is not fulfilling. And that is really difficult because you can end up with a spiritual void while having everything you want and very little of what you need. You may think you have everything you need, but you don't. How can that help you rethink your identity? Well, if you are able to truly identify your need, you'll be able to identify the core elements of who you are rather than who you want to be or who you think other people want you to be. I have a friend who was a real estate agent and he was a very simple guy and also very successful probably because of his authenticity and simplicity and vulnerability. He drove this amazing little fun Subaru. One day he came and picked me up. We were going for lunch somewhere and he came in this like really fancy Mercedes. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> this, this isn't you. And he was like, well, yeah, but everybody expect me to have an expensive car to show how successful I am. He didn't want a Mercedes. 
It was just because he thought he needed it because that's what successful people do as they are getting more successful in their business, this Mercedes or this car. He didn't need it for his own happiness. But he felt perhaps he needed it at the time because that's what was expected of him, the label of a successful real estate person. He eventually ditched it back for a different car. I think it was a Subaru as well because he realized he didn't need the Mercedes. And in fact, by doing it, it was hollow. It made him less happy. He wasn't being authentic to his true needs and true self. A big part of rethinking your identity is understanding for yourself what you want and those needs. And you have to really get to know yourself. How many times have we convinced ourselves we needed something, but realizes that at the end we really just wanted it or didn't need it at all? And don't get me wrong, and this is important, you're allowed to want. There's no shame in wanting a Louis Vuitton bag, Gucci shoes, a car, a better apartment, whatever it is. There's no shame in that. But don't confuse it with need. You can get what you want and work hard for it, and then it makes meaning and then it makes sense as long as you confuse it, as long as you don't confuse it with needing it. And the ability to tell the difference between wants and needs relates to this idea of sovereignty, which I talk a lot about. So you want to be able to choose for yourself and say, I want this and I'll work for it or save for it rather than I need it because otherwise everybody else with a Louis Vuitton bag will judge me for not having one or people will see me as this or that and we're back to the labels again. Then you can ask yourself whether or not you need the approval of others and will that give you worth? Clue, it's not, ever. If approval can be bought with a Louis Vuitton bag or a car or status, is it really something you need? Or would it just be nice to have on a more superficial level? If you realize it, just something that would be nice to have on a superficial level, that's okay. You're allowed it. I like pretty things too. But what matters is to know how you're choosing that and what you're doing for it. It's like in high school movies where the unpopular kid wants to be popular because they believe that's what's going to make them happy. They need to be popular in order to be happy. And then, of course, they become popular only to realize that it was their unpopular friends who gave them meaning and happiness, connection, that they felt they belonged rather than pretending that there's somebody else. And only after they alienated themselves from that real friend did so they realize what they really needed in the first place rather than what they thought they wanted. This is all connected to what I've been saying earlier about Russia and the Ukraine, what we can do in response, because knowing yourself beyond the labels and understanding what you want and the needs requires awareness. When you gain this deeper awareness of yourself and who you are without categorizing and labeling yourself, you are able to see other people without categorizing and labeling them. How amazing would it be to people to realize that they don't want to fight? They don't want to conquer, that we're part of something bigger together. That way you can find commonalities in people, as people, as human beings, and that creates unity and connection that exists beyond those labels. So again, 
Think about your values. Define your values. What do you really want? What do you really need? Don't confuse those two. What do you really stand for? Make sure those are clear. What are your boundaries? Things for yourself, things for others. The tension between real self-care and care of others. Think about joy and what brings you joy. True joy, not fleeting happiness. The people you love, how you love them, how you accept them, how you support them. Think about how you support all the people around you and how you can find unity and things that connect you to others as a way to fight the tyranny of the world and the suffering in the world that comes from people thinking that they want something that is not theirs or that they will give them some kind of meaning when it doesn't. Those are all the ways that we think about how we can bring more redemption to the world. And while I want to support all the causes that help people in the Ukraine or Africa or those people who are being massacred or discriminated against everywhere in the world, I also want to do something on a scope that is individual and encourage everybody else to do as well. Because that's also something we can have control over and help the world that way. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded by Chuva Center. I want to thank our team, Ben Lichman, Grace Sheed, Joe Yalowitz, and Sadie Baker-Rax, who make this all possible and make sure that the guest and I sound as best as we can. Thank you all for listening. Again, check out our Instagram and our website at Chuva Center, T-S-H-U-V-A-H, Center, C-E-N-T-E-R. Also, of course, ChuvaCenter.org. And check out all the support that we can give you or people around you as you move through recovery and trying to find a life of meaning. Thank you again.